0: Well, good morning. Man, it's good to see all of you in the snowy December. That was sarcastic. Yes. You know, they say that, according to Pew Research and the the surveys that they do, that only 50% of people See Christmas as a religious holiday here in America. There's a survey that came out in 2022 that three-quarters of Americans that were surveyed agree that people have forgotten the real meaning of Christmas. Last week, we talked about how Herod missed Christmas let me just tell you some amazing things this morning for a second about Herod and about how, what he was doing as he missed Christmas. Herod restored the Jewish temple. In fact, 25 of the years that he was king he spent restoring the temple. It was a project that actually took 80 years. How many of you have ever done a DIY home improvement project before? Hmm? How many? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, what, two, three weeks, a month, six months? Some of us have drug it out a little longer than that, maybe? Maybe? 80 years, 80, 80 years. When you get home today, guys, honey, honey, just, hey, listen, I'm not Herod here, okay? All right? He wanted Jerusalem to be a destination city. Remember, I said last week that he was probably the second most wealthy person on the earth during his reign. And he wanted the place where he ruled to be a place where people wanted to come and visit. And it literally became a, a, a pilgrimage, a religious destiny. He expanded the Temple Mount to 10 football fields. That's, that was the size that the temple became under this project. It was the center of Jewish identity and worship. It was the busiest religious place on the face of the earth. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a couple of things about what was happening there that'll demonstrate that to us. You see, the worship never stopped. The, the sacrifices were continual. They kept happening day after day, hour after hour. In fact, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, there were a thousand priests that were carrying out all of these functions. They would serve in two-week segments and then they would rotate out to a new batch of priests and Levites that would serve in the temple. They, they literally, they spent all of their time reading the Old Testament, the Torah, memorizing it. They took the simple Ten Commandments that we probably, if you went to Sunday school as a kid, you probably learned as a child and turned them into 613 religious instructions, religious commands that people had to obey. They were orders. And all of this, all of this activity in this beautiful place designed to worship God took place five miles from Bethlehem. Not one religious expert made it. The manger, and they were looking for it. I want to read from Luke chapter 20 or Luke chapter 2 this morning, and I want you to forgive me because it's a, a big chunk of verses, but it gives us a narrative that I want to express to you this morning, starting with verse 21. It says, On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his hands, in his arms, and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations." so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, These verses begin talking about the time of purification. The time of purification was a period of 40 days. A child was not allowed to be presented at the temple and sacrifices made for them until that 40-day period. What that means in this section of verses is that the creator of the universe the Messiah, the Christ, was kept from the temple where the worship of Jehovah God took place for 40 days by religious rules. Sometimes those religious rules that men make can keep us from the true meaning of Christmas. The Messiah was born just five miles from all of this activity. And Mary and Joseph brought Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. They literally brought Christmas to the one place that was looking for it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They were looking for the Messiah who was born just five miles away and was brought to the temple by his parents. They missed it because they were too busy doing things that they thought they should do. Friends, I believe that people need help finding Christmas. I believe that sometimes we need help finding Christmas. So how can we keep from missing out These religious leaders, it was right under their noses. It was in the words that they read and memorized on a regular basis. He was five miles away being born in a manger. He was right there under their noses and they missed it. And if a thousand priests and Levites who are spending day and night before the Lord ministering can miss it, how Can we make sure that we don't? I'm going to give you some thoughts. Number one, you must be willing to wait. Verse 25 of our text talks about a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Look at this. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, he was waiting for the Messiah. He was waiting. He wasn't busy, he was waiting. The Bible is filled with waiters. Not, not this kind of waiters, okay? Like Sarah, Sarah's a waitress. She Man, she's, 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 she can wait on tables. Not that kind, but, but those who waited. Imagine being Abraham and being 75 years old and God promises that you're going to, with your wife, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. He's 75. Lord, you better hurry up. 75. Five years goes by. Ten years goes by. Fifteen years goes by. Twenty years. Twenty-five years goes by until God fulfills that promise. Abraham was 100. Sarah was 90. How about Israel? The people of Israel, they they waited 40 years after they were brought out of Egypt. They had to wander the desert because of their own disobedience. 40 years. 40 years. How about David? God told David, hey, you're going to be the king. In fact, David was anointed. He went through a A process where the prophet anointed him as the next king. 15 years until he became the king. We we would go nuts. We would go crazy. Joseph, sold into slavery by his brothers, had to wait 13 years being a slave, being a prisoner until God brought him full circle. How about Job suffered, Job didn't do anything wrong, two years, lost everything that he had, lost his entire family, all of his possessions, suffered for two years. How about Daniel who prayed and asked God for an answer, God sent that answer the day that Daniel asked for it, the moment he asked for it, and it took 21 days to arrive because The prince of Persia, a spiritual entity, held that answer up. Some of you feel like you're in a season of waiting. And you don't understand why. Paul says in Galatians 5 and verse 5, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. Do we eagerly? wait if we wrote that it would say we impatiently wait remember those priests that were on duty those levites in total there was 18000 priests 10000 levites so 7 750 priests every 2 weeks 400 levites every 2 weeks were on duty it was never ending There was a stream of sacrifices happening all day, every day. In fact, think about this. In the temple, God actually said, this is the furniture I want you to create, Moses, in the temple. Do you know what piece of furniture was not in the temple? That's in your home and in my home. In fact, we have lots of them. Chairs. What do you do with a chair? You sit down. Isn't it really nice at the end of the day when you've had dinner, the dishes are done? Once in a while, in fact, I think she did it last night. My wife said, Gigi is now checked out for the night. (laughs) She had worked hard baking all day, and she had made supper, and it was fantastic, and I got the dishes done, and Gigi's she's sitting down. That's what we do. In the temple, there were no chairs. Because the work was never done. That's why they serve for such a short period of time, twice a year, two weeks, twice a year. In fact, they, they, they worked so hard. they made a pledge to spend their entire lives observing every detail of the law. So the law says that on the Sabbath, you don't do any work. And so they sat around thinking up ways to not do any work. As a mother, you can't pick up your child on the Sabbath. If you have a prosthetic leg, which the technology back then would have been a piece of wood, you can't even lift that up because that would be working. Those are the things that they did with their time. They missed the birth of the Messiah because they were busy. And I wonder if Christians today have followed that priestly example instead of waiting patiently. We read about Elijah in 1 Kings 19, verses 12 and 13. It says, After the fire came a gentle whisper." When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. You see, there had been a great wind, there had been an earthquake, there had been fire, and Elijah knew that God's presence wasn't in any of those things. It was in the whisper, that quiet moment the wind and the earthquake and the fire, they distract us from the true presence of God. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. We need to wait on God in order to find Christmas. Secondly, we've got to be willing to trust God, to keep his promises. Simeon and Anna waited decades. We don't like to wait minutes, seconds. You know how I know this? Just give yourself a little test, okay? This week when you're at a stoplight and it turns green, see if you can wait. All the way through that green, until it turns red again you can't do it you can't you can't in fact in fact we get mad we we're like there better be a wreck up here you know we we literally get kind of incensed if we have to wait we don't even want to wait on god i mean god you can do all things can't you do it quicker 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, Peter says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Paul says in Romans 4.21, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. God's promises, the Bible say, are yes and Amen. 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 That word amen means so be it even unto me. God's promises are yes and amen. We're about three weeks out. This is the calm before the storm, people. We are three. If you are a parent of a young child, you are just, you're counting the days. Different than if you're a grandparent of a young child. It's different. I get it. But maybe there's a lot of stress right now in your life. Maybe that stress comes from family. Maybe those family are going to come to town. Maybe you've got to go to their house. Maybe the stress is about money. It could be about grief. Not that you've lost someone this week, but maybe you lost someone six months ago or a year ago or five years ago and you find yourself at Christmas, grieving the loss of that person. Maybe it's a divorce. And maybe not even a recent one. Maybe it's just drama in your life. Maybe it's even something as blessed as a birth. But it's just stressing you out. These things can distract us from Christmas. Paul tells us in Philippians 4 and verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're wondering, what has God done to really prove his faithfulness? Back on July 10th of the year 2000, 220 people were tragically killed in an accident that happened in a place called the Promised Land. That place called the Promised Land was in the Philippines. We have a picture that we're going to show you of what it looked like. It's one of the largest dumps in the world. People live there They work there, they have families there, and they die there, never leaving the promised land. That day in July of 2000, a 50-foot mound of garbage collapsed, and those 220 people were killed. Every day, thousands of people scavenge in that dump thousands finding items to use to build their homes. There are cities in those dumps. And they take things that are thrown away and they build their homes. Their children work by scavenging. They look for food. There are missionaries who work in those dumps they are called to serve god by taking the gospel to places like that you say man i don't i don't know if i could do that you know we're 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 getting our houses decorated you know we're we're we're, we're, we're creating the menu for, for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and we're making cookies and we think of something like that and we think, how could we do something like that? They were, they're simply following the call of God because they know, as John said in John 1.14, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. It says, rather, he made himself, talking about Jesus, nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I want you to compare what Jesus experienced to heaven and to and to who he is and was in heaven. We're talking the creator of the universe in all of his splendor, all of his glory, all of his majesty, all of his power, all of his ability, and he agrees to come to earth in a womb. Not as a fully developed life-size human, but appropriate in the womb at that size to grow and develop, to be born, okay? Physical birth, to learn to talk and walk, to fall down and hurt himself, to grow and then to go to the cross to be tortured, By those he came to save. This is just me saying this, but Jesus coming to earth would be like you or me going to a dump. Because compared to heaven, this place doesn't compare. We need to also be willing to share the good news. What did Anna do? What what did the shepherds do? The shepherds, we read about in, in Luke 2 17 and 18, it said, When they saw him, meaning Jesus, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Anna, verse 38, same chapter, coming up. Uh, to them at the very moment she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. You see, those who didn't miss it spoke about it. They told people. They spoke about You'll never guess what I saw. I saw the Messiah, the Savior of the world, is here. Can you imagine Anna spending time in the temple every day speaking to the priests that were there. Hey, guys, I saw him today. Those verses you've been memorizing, those verses that you've been reading about, you're talking about and debating about the Messiah, he's here. If we believe that Jesus is the Messiah... I believe that we'll share that with others. C.S. Lewis said, the Son of Man, or excuse me, the Son of God became a Son of Man so that the sons of men might become the sons of God. The Messiah was right under their noses. And they missed it. We live we live in the the freest country in the world. You can turn on the radio anywhere. You can turn on Smile FM and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ 24 hours a day. You can You can turn on your TV to any myriad of stations, hear the gospel presented. You can go online and, and of course, you can read the Bible online. You can hear the gospel preached online. We can get the gospel anywhere in America, but yet, a lot of people are missing it. They're missing the truth of what Christmas is all about, and it's right under their noses. As I was preparing my message, I was thinking about that old song, Go Tell It on the Mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. That's what Christmas is all about. Would you stand with me? Father, what a what a fantastic time of year that we can we can fellowship together, we can celebrate together, we can enjoy all that you have blessed us with. But Father, I pray that you'll help us not to miss what Christmas is all about. As we celebrated the Lord's Supper, we remembered what Jesus has done for us. Christmas is simply a celebration that Jesus has arrived. Father, as we leave here today, let us leave determined that we will not miss what's right under our noses. I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.